Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. All right, and we are back. Thank you for joining us. Guess who's um, back? Back what? again. Yeah. <laughs> Dougie's back. Tell your friend. That's right. Everybody knows Dougie's back. Um Oh, hey, guess what, guys? Real quick. I just got my results back. It, I'm negative. Of course you nice. are. Nice. So Florida did not fucking kill me. Of course you are, because fucking Florida, like, it's the whole thing about Florida being COVID is something we're spreading so people don't come here. Yeah, okay. It's not actually sure happening. We're just telling people that so they stop fucking coming here. Yes. I'm sure that's the brilliant Floridian plan. It is. <laughs> Okay. You wouldn't know because you're not from here. Like, every single person in Florida got a fucking direct mailer to their house. And it's like, look, dude, be cool, bro. Yeah. Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in any case, so now uh, we have a shot of the ground crew. Um, they are in the process of uh, just basically carpet bombing the parasites that tend to collect in the wheel well of these planes. Um, and if I remember the trivia correctly, I can't remember the name of the toy, but those parasites were some toy that was used in the 90s that was sold in the 90s. And then, you know, you remember those toys? It was like the bouncy. You put the batteries in it and it had the it almost looked like a fucking sea mine. And you put it in it would bounce. It was a ball with these little spikes on it and it would bounce around. They used those things hmm. um, in any in They're any case. Like hairless tribbles. Yeah. Right. Right. Um so, you know, we quickly see Vito, and he notices this is his way in, right? Is in the wheel well. So um, we jump to right arm, who is now, now has to call his boss and tell him um, the bad news. And I, th the way I just said call, 
was so fucking Long Island, and I haven't done that in a while. Wow, I'm getting yeah, tired. Cool. cool. It's cool. I want some <laughs> coffee. I'm going to call the guy and get some coffee. Um, so, yeah, it, he, he gives Zorg the bad news, and it does not, it ends badly for right arm because <laughs> Zorg remotely blows up the phone booth that he's at. <laughs> he not only kills right arm, but probably about 15 other people in the space. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's not. And then the next scene is priceless. It's a montage of, of, the, of the, uh, the, the, the rocket taking off. So the, the pilot's preparing for liftoff. And it's, it's mixed with Ruby <laughs> taking off with yeah. the flight attendant. And just the way they cut back and forth, it's so damn funny. With, with you know, we have liftoff, and you see the flight attendant's feet sticking out of the curtain, yep. just lifting up. Um, it was funny, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Um, we now jump to a shot of the sphere. Uh, again, it's now emitting radio waves. Um, so it collected all the communication satellites, and now it's using them. Um, at the same time, we see the radio waves. Uh, Zorg's phone rings, and we find out it is Mister Shadow, who is the head bad guy. He's the the ominous, evil, uh, bad guy we never see. We only hear, but we see his, the results of his evilness. I mean, Zorg is shit in his pants. There's no question about it because he doesn't have the stones. Shadow knows he doesn't have the stones, and he's fucking with Zorg. Um, yeah, he, he definitely doesn't have the stones either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, so he is... Shadow's just laying it out that, you know, you better get the stones. I'm going to be there soon. I need the stones. And we see that same, like, gooey blood substance running from the top of Zorg's head down his uh, forehead because uh, that's the, the power that uh, Mr. Shadow has over the human race, um, even when he's not at full strength. Um, so it's funny. At the end of that, um, or in that scene, when we're looking at the sphere and we see um, – you know, from the ship, uh, from the from the Federation ship, Federated ship. There's a new general because you know the first general is dead. Um, his name is General Tudor. He's played by Al Matthews, who most famously played Sergeant Apone uh, from Aliens. And I like I bring that up because Apone is one of my favorite movie characters ever. Like his fucking acting on Aliens is like just you know, um, it's phenomenal. So. It was a very different role. I mean, he, he had one line in the whole movie, in this movie, but um, cool dude, Al Matthews, and um, it makes me want to watch Aliens just to catch his uh, acting. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, um, at the end, or during that clip, not the clip, during that scene of the sphere, we get a view of the new general of the Federated ship. Um, his name is General Tudor, um, because, you know, the old general, the Baron von Munchausen guy, he's dead. Um, so Tudor is played by Al Matthews, who, whose claim to fame is one of my favorite roles ever. He played Sergeant Apone in Aliens. Hmm. And I can't say enough about Apone. Like I said, he's that, that's one of my favorite movie characters ever. I mean, I love Aliens as a movie in general, and we're going to do it on the show eventually. But Apone is so fucking priceless. And he's so different than this guy. This guy only has one line, but he's very subdued in, in the way he speaks it where Apone is just this larger-than-life fucking gunnery sergeant that I just, I love that guy. So, um, all right, so the next scene, uh, the ship arrives now at Flossen Paradise. Um, it's beautiful. The planet is gorgeous. Um, is the it hotel a planet or is it a that? boat, like a cruise ship? 
Well, yeah, Floston Paradise is the cruise ship. You're right. It it sails around and above Floston. Yes, you oh, are correct. Okay. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So the right, the Floston Paradise is basically it's a it's the hotel, but it looks like a cruise ship, but it doesn't go in the water. It just floats slightly above it's the like water. It's like Wally. Yeah, yeah. And like, wait, what? Like Wally, the boat in Wally. Yes, exactly, exactly. But later, there's an there's a quick explanation about how it it. It goes up and down. Like at night, when people in the dining were eating, the ship goes up so they get a better view of the planet. And then, mm. like during the day, when they go to the beach, they go down. Blah blah blah. Okay. So they arrive, and um, it's really cool because all the guests as they get off uh, the, the transport, they're greeted by a full blown like Polynesian luau, right? Yeah, it's really awkward. It it, it really is cool. Uh, it, it's a great atmosphere, and this is the scene I think I, I might have mix it up but this is a scene where the costume designer john paul gauthier he examined like the 500 extras in this scene and made sure every costume was exactly as he wanted it because the atmosphere is so cool and he just wanted to make sure it was represented properly um i made a note in the scene because it's hysterical so as we're all getting off the ship like i said they're all getting lays and kisses from the from the polynesian uh yeah they're all getting laid yes and so there are lots. There are a lot of South Pacific actors and actresses in this scene, obviously, to, to create the authenticity. But th- there's one dude. He is like the pastiest, whitest, super Caucasian guy I've ever seen in my life. He's got the most flabby dad bod I've ever seen. And he's handing out lays. He's got a fucking mullet. And he's handing out lays. And he's dead center in the scene. And I'm like, who? How did he get in there? Like, how is he affirmative action? Luke Besson, what's that? Affirmative, affirmative action. action. There you go. It's just he's so out of place. He could have been any like extra in that fucking shot. He could have been one of the security guys in the sailor costumes or whatever. But he was shirtless. He was just like doughy, pasty white. It was, <laughs> it was fucking awful. But anyway, I had to bring that up. Um, we switch to the cockpit again of the transport ship and they get a message that there are parasites in main ventilation. So one of the crew members says he's going to go check it out. He opens up a panel and, and Vito <laughs> Cornelius, he falls like hanging upside down from all these cables. And he just casually says that we arrived. Yes. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so he's just happy that he's, he, he made it. Um, so at this point, um, Corbin is escorted to his suite. Um, he sort of loses Lilo. She's sort of wandering around. She gets escorted to his suite, and they, you know, the the uh, staff member informs him of his itinerary uh, and lets him know that everything is taken care of. He's got his tickets to the opera tonight and all that stuff. Um, so, <laughs> this is one of the best lines ever from his mom. The 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 ethereal voice of his mom. She manages to fucking call him on Lost in Paradise. And the first words out of her mouth are, you miserable bastard. I never should have pushed you out. <laughs> it's, I, and she goes, I should have gotten a robot. <laughs> she fucking cuts him to the core. It's so great. Um, uh, we now cut to a scene. We see the diva um, um, arriving. And she is gigantic she's very tall she's covered from head to toe and almost like a burka type thing to protect herself um and she's you know got her posse with her they're they're all surrounding her and escorting her um she is met at her suite at the front by um the security detail his name is fog he's played by again one of my favorite 
British comedic actors, Lee Evans. Um, you know Lee Evans from Something About Mary. He yeah. plays her friend, the architect. Um, he was in Mouse Hunt. Was it Mouse Hunt with uh, Nathan Lane? Yeah. I don't remember. I believe it's yeah. called. He's in that. Um, he, he's just, I love his sense of humor. I love his comedic timing, um, especially in like the British projects that he does. Um, it's a small role in this movie, but he's fucking great in it. Um, so right before they start talking, um, he starts talking to the diva's assistant. She whispers to her other assistant. She looks, they look down the hallway and they, the diva knows that Lilu is right around the corner. She's hiding from them, but she's around the corner. So she passes a message to the assistant and walks down and acts like she's talking into a speaker, but she's talking to Lilu around the corner, just letting her know that um, the diva has the stones and she'll get the stone star. Um, and <laughs> there's another quick scene. We cut to the, to the control room, the engine room, and you know, the captain says uh, they need to turn to course 108. And you know, he speaks it out of normal voice. And his assistant guy walks over to the helmsman and he just yells it right in his face as yeah. loud as he can. Helm, 108! It's just fucking stupid, but it's funny. Um, so the president is now listening to the Ruby Rod radio show to get intel as much as he's probably a fan, all right? Uh, because at this point, Ruby is escorting Corbin to the concert hall so they can watch this uh, charity concert by the diva. Um, well, yeah, because he talking- doesn't he doesn't want Smokey to go get Craig. What's that? He doesn't want Smokey to go get Craig. That's why he's listening so intently. Okay, yes, you're 100% right. I don't get that reference, he'll obviously. Get knocked, he'll get knocked the fuck out if he's not listening. Right. Because, yep, 100%. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so Ruby is talking nonstop. He's got that staff, which doubles as his microphone. You know, he's doing his radio show, so he's doing his stick. And Corbin's still driving him nuts because Corbin doesn't give fuck one about this. He's, he's not engaging. He's just being cor- – he's being ultra dry just to be a prick, and it's great. Um, and off in a side room, um, the Mangalore are planning their party, so to speak. They're getting ready for showtime, as they, uh, as they describe um, so at this point, the diva starts her concert and I wanted to play this clip, but it's like six minutes long. I couldn't do it, but it's, it's worth the movie. The, the, it's worth the price of admission to this movie just to watch that because it is an actual song. It can't be performed by a human live. So my understanding is the, is the opera person who they got to do it. She individually recorded the notes and then it was put together in post because her whole thing was you, you, no human can go from this note to this note in one breath. I don't know. They There's probably some kid on YouTube that can do it now. What's that? There's probably some kid on YouTube that can fucking do it. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Or at least with autotune, you know? Well, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, no one can play this fucking guitar solo. Now they're like playing the most ridiculous shit in the world. I know, and you want to know something? That's one of the reasons I really hate YouTube. Me too. Like, it makes me feel bad about myself. Product is because of that. Because here's where my old man will come out. When you talk about YouTube and goddamn TikTok personalities with 10 million, I have no use for it. I have zero use for it. It's creating false fucking bullshit, but we'll stop now. In any case, the diva performs, and it's absolutely amazing. She's this, just to quickly describe it, she's obviously like she's nine foot tall, thin with really long arms and fingers she's blue 
she's got a, a, a an appendage on the back of her head, which, you know, if you wanted to look at it anatomically, it helps her hit these notes because mm-hmm. it's probably hollow or whatever. We, we've seen this appendage it. before, too. Well, in Star Wars, sort no. of, kind of. No, we've seen where, this somewhere else. When it's put on the front of Joe's car at Friday Night Re- or Monday Night Rehabilitation. <laughs> okay, I guess. This is you're the reaching. prequel. You're, you're reaching a bit. No, that looks just like it. I'm, I'm, uh, it's, no, because this one's curled and that one's not. So It curls back um, when it waxes window. Yet, an, yet another scene. Uh, where Bruce Willis had no idea what was going on. Yes, they didn't show show him the makeup, so his face and the awe that you see is uh, is very real because he's like, yeah, oh, shit, yeah, exactly. That. the The whole atmosphere. He hadn't heard the song, he hadn't heard the piece, he hadn't seen any. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, it was really cool the way the way um, Besson was able to draw that out of him like that. Um, so it's really cool. Um, she finishes her performance. Um, Zorg, because of his phone call with right arm, knows that he has no choice now. He has to go to Flossman to, to get the stones. So we see his ship, you know, closing in on, on the hotel, the floating hotel. Um, Lilu is standing outside the diva's room where the Mangalore have now entered to find the box with the stones. Um, she, we see a quick flashback to her in her previous form on the ship that the Mangalore shot down and crashed in the moon. Um, so she immediately wants vengeance uh, for that. Um, so as the diva is performing, it cuts back and forth between the diva and Lilu fighting the Mangalore in, in the diva's suite. And it, it's a great job by Luke Besson to balance that as the, the pace of the song picks up is when the fight starts. And I can, I can say my connection to this is I can see where Edgar Wright has gotten a lot of his directing style as far as the stylized version of things that he does. The syncing the music with the action type of stuff like in Baby Driver and even Scott Pilgrim and stuff. He probably saw this and was very impressed by it and then incorporated that into part of his style because, you know, Lilu is beating the crap out of the Mangalore and her punches are in time with the music. Um, she basically train wrecks the entire Mangalore crew, uh, not surprisingly, because they're dopes and she's a super being. Um, she's got that. She's got that uh, that Matrix move where she motions, you know, uh, Neo when Neo motions to to come fight. She drops one of those real quick, and then her Three Stooges moves at the end <laughs> with these guys, which he's fucking slapping them and eye poking them. It's it's wonderful. Um, and some quick trivia about that is the costumes, the Mangalore costumes. A lot of them are wearing like flight goggles, and that was done to save on special effects, because then they don't have to incorporate the actor's eyes into the into the uh, makeup. Oh shit! Um, they just <clears throat> slap those goggles on them, and it's all good. And the goggles work with the outfit and work with the makeup. So yeah, it's you know, better it's than the cool. the fucking condom dudes from fucking uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, it's cool. So uh, Lilu grabs the case, um, and she grabs that case just as Zorg arrives. We, you know, it's funny. It cuts to her sort of ready to open it, but we don't see her open it. But we know that she does because when Zorg confronts her with the gun and asks for the case, she throws it to him without basically thinking because she already knows the stones aren't in that box. 
Okay, she knows the diva has the stones. So she throws the box at him and jumps into the vents. And Zorg's got that ZF1, and he starts letting loose with it into the ceiling. Um, we jump to the Mangalore team that wants to take over the ship at this point, the hotel. They enter communications and the concert hall. Uh, the shooting starts. Chaos ensues. It's all fucked up. Um, Lilu is trapped in the vents, and you can see for the first, not the first time, but for the first time since she's, basically realized her her you know supreme beingness she's scared at this point she's vulnerable because zorg is just relentless with this fire and and she can't get away she's curled up in a fetal position um at this point we jump to the concert hall the diva gets shot she falls to the ground um the mangalore herding the crowds into the lobby uh to organize people um and zorg he has the case now so he puts a detonator on the door and sets it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah, sets it, and he takes off. Um, Ruby is still in the air, so he's now narrating the carnage in his Ruby Rod way, which is, again, fucking priceless uh, Chris Tucker. It's, it's very cool. The president's listening to this whole thing. Um, and then uh, we've got a clip now, so I want you to roll that clip. The government sent me to help you. Just stay calm. Somebody hear this? Come and get me. I'm in the first row. <laughs> you must give her the stones. Who? The fifth element. The supreme being sent to her to save the universe. Leo? Yes. But she's more fragile than she seems. She needs your help. And your love. She will die. No, 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 stay with me. No. If you want something done, do yourself. You can't die. Come on. Listen to me. Wake up. Where are the stones? What? The stones. Where are the stones? The stones. <laughs> They're not here. The stones, where are they? So she ate them. Yes, I wondered how they got in her. Well, all right, come on. Are we really gonna? I mean, these are gonna focus on the details of how they got in. Fucking things. She's a gigantic person. She's nine foot fucking tall. She's got room for some stones in her belly. Yeah, but how do they enter her belly? All right. Do you want me to say it, Joe? She stuck them up her ass. Is that is that what you want? She greased them up. And she fucking drug muled them right up her ass. Yeah, I got him to break. Waffle stop. <laughs> Basically, though, she floridated those stones. <laughs> it's called keistered. All right. I just, I'm glad I, I was able to satisfy. I just wish he would have been like, you know, because especially with it being Bruce Willis, you know, I carry these stones over here from, from across the sea in a really uncomfortable place. <laughs> exactly. That's how she got them up there. All right. 
that's kind of what I was um, going for, but you had to have a little meltdown there. But I was going for the whole Bruce Willis, Willis, you know. You also knew. Walken, you also knew I'd have that meltdown. So. I kind of did, but it's still. I wanted <laughs> you to fucking put the two and two together and bring it out. Right. You're pissing no, me you, off. You know me and seg. You know me and segways. Uh, do not go well. I would not be good on a on a relay race team. I could not hand the baton or catch the baton. It would not happen. I would be bad at that. Um, good so I just want to say that in that clip, the couple of things is that Lilo screaming for help. Very emotional scene for me. Um, Mila Jovovich does such a great job with it. Um, definitely, you know, gets me choked up uh, thinking about it. And, you know, Zorg cackling when he opens the case and <laughs> realizes that the, the stones aren't there um, is also pretty funny. Um, so, you know, Corbin's been told that the stones are in me by the diva. He's trying to figure this out. Um, he's spotted by a Mangalore uh, and he lays the Mangalore out. He doesn't kill him. He just knocks him you know, basically unconscious. Uh, Ruby's right next to him. So as he's thinking about the stones, he realizes that the stones are in the diva and he's got to actually reach in and do it. He asked Ruby to hold the gun to the Mangalore's head. <laughs> and Ruby's panic-stricken because he's never done anything like this in his life. And he goes, well, what do I do? What do I do? Well, if you move, sh pull the trigger. And um, <laughs> Corbin gets the stones out, and then he makes a loud sound, and Ruby just panics and pulls the trigger. Yeah. Blows his head off. I'm, I'm sorry. He, I know. You think he's going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the president who looks at Monroe and says, is this your idea of a discreet operation? And Monroe's response is, don't worry, I know my man. All right, he'll calm things down. And, of course, that means Bruce Willis at his action best because he bursts out of the fucking concert hall into the lobby, and he is killing Mangalore left and right. He's, He's like, say hello to down. my little friend. Exactly. It's the fucking best. Um, so, yeah, I just have notes like Corbin does not calm things down. <laughs> <laughs> So he gets trapped, Corbin gets trapped behind a bar, um, <laughs> and he's stuck there, and they're, they're sort of zeroing in. They, they got these two Mangalore with a little rocket launcher, and they're sort of zeroing in. They're targeting him. And he calls across to the actor, this guy Ray, who was pointed out to us earlier in the movie. Who well, I'm not going to um, lie. Every time I see him, I think Mugato from fucking uh, Zoolander. Uh, yes, Will 100%. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, so we, we heard earlier that, he, that Ray is stone deaf. Um, so... Corbin is pleading with him to toss him the gun and he, he doesn't understand. So he rolls two billiard balls over to Corbin. Yeah. That's what he gives him instead of the gun. Um, so, you know, Corbin just sort of half nods to him and he's got to come up with another plan. So, and the fucking uh, smile he gives him, like he fucking mission accomplishes shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was so proud of himself. He this is like, so this is like GW standing in front of a fucking mission accomplished banner. Yes, exactly. That was exactly it. And uh, so Corbin, now his only option is, uh, you know, a couple of the Mangalore put their guns over the bar and he just jumps up and surrenders. Um, he understands the Mangalore mentality as far as negotiations and shit goes. So if he's not armed and he and he surrenders, they're not going to kill him. OK, um, so he's he's unintentionally or intentionally. Now he's on the top of the bar. He's got the high ground. Um, so he notices that the Mangalore is standing on a plank like a seesaw or a teeter-totter, and he's motioning to, to uh, Ruby, who's up on the next level, to move over a little bit. And Ruby kind of gets it at the last second, and Corbin jumps down on, on the seesaw and sends the Mangalore 
you know, his head through the, the ceiling and in, into the floor of the, the level above. This causes the Mangalore to spray his machine gun across the lobby. And, you know, he's definitely not a stormtrooper because he hits every other Mangalore in yeah. the fucking lobby. <laughs> it like, couldn't have worked more per perfectly for, uh, for Corbin. Um, so he, uh, you know, he, he then, the, the Mangalore falls to the ground. He's dead. All the other Mangalores are dead, but there are more coming. Um, so in order to save Ruby, he just yells up at him to lay still. And Ruby's like, what? And Corbin uses a machine gun to basically, you know, cut a hole in the ceiling. Yeah. So Ruby, you know, falls down and he's safe now. And we get the best um, he, scream queen of them all. Oh, yeah, it, it, it is. Um, so uh, Corbin finds like a sticky grenade with spikes. He sets a timer and he throws it up in the ceiling uh, below the, the Mangalore who are approaching. And he says, count to 10. So they start counting down. They're pushing the pool table. They're underneath it. Uh, it's being shot at. And they're counting down. And, and yeah, Ruby is – it is the best scream ever while he's doing that. Yeah. Um, it's so good. <laughs> and then, you know, they get to nine, and then it blows up. And then Corbin goes, 10. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're, they're uh, safe again, in, in, at least in the short term. Um, we now see Zorg. He's flying back to his, you know, he's flying back to the ship. He realizes they don't have the, he doesn't have the stones. He's got to go back to the ship. Um, the next scene, I, I want to play the clip just because it's a short thing and it's so fucking funny and I love it. So it, this is the what I call negotiations. So Joe Rollett. Control. I just love it. I love Bruce Willis in that scene. He's so Bruce Willis and it's flawless. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, but, you know, yeah, he takes out the leader. And, and I got to point out the actor who, who plays the Mangalore standing behind the leader when he gets shot. His reaction is so sad. <laughs> he just basically bends over and puts his hands on his head. Yeah, because he just now he, exactly what 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 Corbin said would happen. They don't fight without the leader. He's completely lost when he sees the leader falling. He just he just like, oh, no, <laughs> it's hysterical. It's such a great little reaction that, that, that you know, is is minimal, but just hits home. Um, so now, you know, the Mangalore threat's been put to, put down. Uh, the cleanup begins. You see people tending to wounds. And, you know, we go back to Ray, the actor, doing exactly what Joe said. Um, he, he's regaling all of his followers, all the women around him, <laughs> on his tales of her, you know, 
his heroic tales, telling him how he saved the world and everything. It's pretty funny. Um, Corbin uh, uses some of the video to try to find Lilo because he knows that she was in trouble, Lilo. Um, and he, he, sees, he sees the Divas suite, and he knows that's where she is. He runs there, and she's, he sees her arm hanging from the vent, and he grabs her, and she's in bad shape. Um, at the same time that he's, he's tending to, to Lilo, uh, Ruby notices the detonator on the door. <laughs> what, what are these kind and, of numbers doing? I know. And he, and he asked Vito, what is this? <laughs> like, the, 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 the stuttering between the two of them. It's a, it, Vito's going, it's a, it's a, it's a. And he goes, no, 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 no. No, if it were a bomb, the bomb alarms would go off. They all have bomb detectors on these ships. And then, of course, the bomb alarm goes off yeah. <laughs> with five minutes left, saying that they have to evacuate. Um, so Zorg is back on the ship and he's heading for the suite. This is this quick scene is as close to um, Zorg and Corbin meeting as know, will happen I was in the say, movie. Like they never actually meet in the movie, right? They they cross each other by seconds. Like Zorg like, is going into an elevator as they're coming out of the other elevator, so they never actually meet. So uh, Vito is the only one who's actually met Zorg. In, well, actually, Lilu did it in the earlier fight scene, but Corbin never actually meets Zorg. Um, so uh, the group, they head to the evacuation pods, but they see Zorg's ship and, um, you know, think this is a great way to get out. Or maybe at this point, the, the evacuation pods are gone already. I don't know. But they get in Zorg's ship. Um, and it's kind of funny because earlier in the movie, it's referenced that Corbin knows how to fly everything that flies in space. And he sits down and, and Ruby asks him if he can fly it. I think it's Ruby. And uh, Corbin says, oh, I can't be much different in a taxi. Yeah. He obviously knows how to fly it. But so maybe that was just a joke. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> Zorg gets back to the uh, to the suite to look for the stones. And, you know, he puts his gun down because he knows he has to turn the, the detonator off. Um, it gets down to five seconds and he turns it off. He's calm, cool and collected the whole time. He knows he's in control. Yeah, he just drops a PCB down into it. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad right. his uh, JLC PCB order wasn't delayed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ella, that look, sucks. Look man. at you, Eli. Uh, exactly. So as soon as he stops that detonator at five seconds, a box on the table pops open with another detonator that pops up. It's a Mangalore bomb, basically a suicide bomb because the Mangalore are laying dead and wounded on the floor uh, with a countdown timer of five seconds. <laughs> And Zorg knows that his time is over. Yeah, he knows um, he's he, fucked. He, there's no, yeah, there's nothing he can do. Too so he didn't have an Omega-13 device. No, that's true. He doesn't have that. It, it would have been handy. Um, the ship blows up just as Corbin and the gang escape. They fly through the fireball um, and they get away, uh, which is, you know, a cool thing. Um, they got to start heading, heading to Earth. I mean, yeah, Zorg cries and then the ship explodes. Um Monroe now informs the president that Corbin and the crew have the stones. They have the, the fifth element and they're headed to the temple. Um, the president just mutters we're saved. Um, Corbin is tending to Lilu, you know, as she describes how dejected she is with human nature. Cause she's now gotten through to uh, you, the letter U, And she's seen a lot of, 
bullshit that humans tend to do to each other. And it's, it's making her question her, you know, want and need to protect the human race. Um, and, you know, he's trying to tell her about the good things and stuff. Um, and then we cut back to the, to the, the Federation Center and everybody's celebrating. But, you know, they are now you know, reminded that the sphere is still advancing because they haven't gotten to the temple yet. Um, the president talks to Corbin, uh, letting him know about the sphere, and they have an hour and 57 minutes. Um, <laughs> Corbin's response is, fine, I'll talk to you in two hours. Um, so, I mean, you know, he's as confident as he can be. Um, Lilu now, she's feeling better, so she continues her research. And, of course, we get to the letter W, and she learns about war. And it's almost the straw that breaks the camel's back. She's completely drained and devastated by, again, the fact that, you know, she's there to protect the race of people who can't, like, stop fucking each other over. Um, and it, it's crushing her mentally. Um, they get to the temple and they get into the inner temple room. Uh, they place Lilo at the center, Lilo at the center where she's supposed to be. And each person takes one of the stones and goes to the pedestal that matches the four elements. Um, they put them on the pedestals and nothing happens. Um, Vito knows that the stones have to be opened. Um, and his only response is, in theory, uh, because he doesn't know how to do it. They, they didn't pass that little tidbit down to him. Um, they ask Lilu, and she cryptically sort of explains, you know, what to do, but it doesn't, still doesn't make sense. You know, air for air, water for water, fire for fire, earth for earth. Um, the sphere is basically above the earth at this point. It's it's close enough where it's you know creating shadows over the over the earth. Lilu kind of whispers, "It's we're too late." Um, David, who has the air stone, he just mutters to himself, "We're not going to make it," and he lets out a a. a a breath, a big breath, and yep. the stone starts to open. Um, they, again, they gather at that stone and they quickly put two and two together to realize what they have to do. Um, you know, they got to breathe on the air stone. They got to put dirt on the earth stone, water, in this case, sweat. Uh, Vito puts his, you know, rings his sweat rag <laughs> on it and fire for fire. Um, again, Ruby, Ruby jumps in with great, with his stuttering and stuff. Coben, Coben, my man, Coben, my man. I ain't got no fire. I got no fire. I don't smoke. I don't got no fire. And, uh, you know, Corbin remembers that he has one match left. And that references an earlier appearance in his apartment where he couldn't get his lighter to work. And he took the match box that he had and put it in his pocket. He's got one match. Um, he lights the match, lays it on the stone, and that stone opens. And now they've got all four stones, but it's still not happening. Um, it's all up to Lilu at this point, but she is, um, she's distraught and mentally just defeated. Uh, so let's play this last clip, Joe, and then we're almost out. Fire. One minute. Let's go. Let's go. Wake up. Wake up. It's time for you to work now. Protect life. Lilu, listen to me, listen to me, listen, listen, I know you're very tired, I know you're very tired, I'll take you on a vacation when we're done, I swear, a real vacation, a real vacation, just you and me, but listen to me, if you don't do something right now, we're all gonna die, you understand? It's the use of saving life, when you see what you do with it. 
It will be entering the atmosphere in 40 seconds. Lee, you're right, you're right, you're right, but there are... There are some things, very nice things we're seeing, some beautiful things. Beautiful things! Like love. Yes, yes, love, that's good, that's good, that's a good example. Like love, love is worth saving. I don't know love. I was built to protect me, to love. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I need you. I need you very much. Why? Because. Because. Tell her, uh, call her. Stopped at 62 miles from impact. <laughs> yes! What's wrong with you? Just bring it up! Every time I leave this under the bottom, what's happening? I'm leaving! <laughs> I fucking love that one. Again. He closes he closes this movie in essence with that line. Stop that. Every five minutes is a bomb or something. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's so great. Um, yeah, so I mean a lot happens there. Of course, you know, Corbin convinces Lilo that uh, love conquers all is the bottom line. Um, he loves her, she loves him. Love her. Yep. And she realizes that that, you know, the human race is worth saving. Um so yeah, so it's cool. Sixty-two miles. They should have went sixty-nine miles, but that's all right. Um, sixty-two agree. miles above Earth. The planet is dead. Right? You know what? This is uh, this is twelve thirty. Me talking. Well, <laughs> that sixty-nine joke. That's well. That's see how what happened was it was at sixty-nine miles when the beam launched, but it got another seven miles by the time the beam. Exactly. Gone. Yeah, the inertia just carried it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the world is saved. Um, they are now together. They're in love. Uh, the world is saved. We now cut back to the uh, nuclear lab uh, facility where the president and his team arrive to meet Corbin and Lilu and congratulate them. Um, you know, the, sci the scientists explain that, you know, due to the, the, their ordeal, he, he placed them in the reactor to let them rest and recharge. Um, the they're recharging. Says, you know, I'm about the resting. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
The president says, look, we're on a schedule. I got 19 other visits after this one. Can you go check on them? He slides a little door and finds, you know, that they're uh, they're busy, uh, the two of them. Uh, don't forget the mom. Getting... Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Um, so, yeah, Corbin's mom calls uh, and, and Monroe answers and he, he gives the phone to, or he doesn't want to give the phone to the president, but President Lindbergh wants it. He wants to talk to the hero's mom. And, of course, you know, mom, his mom is his mom. She's insane. And she's like, yes, I, I just want to congratulate you on the heroism of your son. And, uh, you know, you're not the president. The president's an idiot. You don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> and then uh, she keeps jabbering on. He, like, hands the phone. He, like, he, he hands the phone away He's like, like I'm it's done got with the plague. And they're all sort of passing it to each other to get it out of there. And uh, and then the music starts up as as uh, Lilu and, and Corbin continue to get to know each other, and that's our movie. Yeah, right. Hey, we got through it, and uh, yeah, here's uh, here's that's my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a ritual note. No, oh shit! In case it, it, it deleted. You're not in the know. Um, the first thing we do is tear up the fucking notes that we spent hours typing and writing. Um, so those are the notes because I have them saved on my computer and I don't want to see them anymore. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's the fifth element. That's a, a definitely a favorite of mine. I'm, I'm thrilled I got to, to share it with everyone. Um, so yeah, what do we got now? I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, Rent the classic! Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. Just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? All right. So it's time. That little ditty, that that long ditty, <laughs> lets us know it's time That's for a our ratings. Ditty. So I'm going to throw it to Joe first. Joe, please enlighten right. us. How do you feel about this flick? So this would have been like like last week when I picked Snatch and Doug said he would have picked it. I would have picked this movie had he not picked this movie. So this nice. movie would have got done regardless. Um, and I don't mean that in the other way. Normally is regardless. I mean that in the positive manner. <laughs> but, uh, the actual definition of regardless. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, going into this movie, I knew what to kind of expect already. I knew kind of where I was going to come out on this one because I've seen it so many times. Um, yeah. I, I would have been, you know, in the in the four range, but probably, you know, lower four. But upon this viewing in this podcast, now that I understand that this is a prequel to Idiocracy, <laughs> like it's going to get bumped a little bit higher. I'm just saying, right, cool. like that, that actually improved this movie for me is was figuring out that this is the prequel to Idiocracy. So I'm going to go with a solid four point five. Look at you go. Wow. I dig that. 
All right, Eric, what do you got? So for me, this movie holds up remarkably well. I mean, visual effects-wise, story-wise, it's got the right amount of humor. Um, you can see the influences all over this thing. It's just a fun movie, man. And, and the performances, Gary Oldman kills it. Mm -hmm. it, is, it. It saddens me that he didn't like this movie, <laughs> like after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Because he's so freaking good in it. Um, but yeah, everybody from uh, Mila and Bruce Willis, uh, just for me, it's a really solid sci-fi movie that doesn't feel like it's stuck in the 90s when you watch it. So I'm going to give it a... 3.9 all right i respect that i get it um yeah so for me again i picked it so we know i'm gonna like it there's no question about that um i, I go back to my points at the beginning of the cast um i love how stylized it is i love the costumes i love the music i didn't talk enough about the music the the, the music has a very arabic vibe to it it does and I dig that so much. Oh, um, speaking I, of that, I don't mean to cut you off, but if you yeah. ever, I don't want to forget this. If you go to Spotify, I was starting to listen yeah. to like music from different world, like different parts of the world, and the Arabic fucking channel is one of my favorite ones ever. Oh no, I dig. I definitely dig that. Oh. I, I dig the melodies. I dig the beats. They got I, a I channel do. called Sahara. I'm just telling you right now. Listen to Sahara. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so again, it, it comes down to the fact that I love, I love that, I love the stylized approach to movies. That's why I brought up, I brought up Edgar Wright, um, and his connect, his possible connection, or at least his borrowing of styles, because like, to me, Baby Driver is another one of my favorites, and it's stylized in the same sort of way, where the music is so integral to the, um, you know, and the costumes are so integral to the to the plot of the movie. So. I mean, yeah, that, that said, it, as Eric said, it stands up. Uh, it definitely stands the test of time. So for me, it's, it's a 4.2. Um, it, it pops over that 4.0 mark by a little bit because I, I just dig it. Nice. nice. Yep. Yeah, I would have been right in between the two of you if it wasn't for that, you know, revelation I had. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I understand. You, you got to bring it close moment. to your perfect movie, which is Idiocracy. I yeah. understand. Oh yep. God, yeah, fuck yeah. So, <laughs> so what's next on the docket, boys? Oh damn it! What is next? <laughs> <laughs> we just we had a brief meeting about. Yeah, this we talked the about show. it. Oh, Jurassic Park is next. Yes. Speaking of music, fuck. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This might, might be, be one like, of the best scores ever. Yeah, I was gonna say it might be one of the best scores ever. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and and even the the special effects for a, you know what are we talking here thirty almost thirty years fucking time. oh my god um, that that hurt yeah I know please trust me <laughs> I know I fucking know um, but thirty years that the special effects are they still hold up they still hold up to this day and I I remember how emotional I got seeing that in the theater with those special effects in 1993. So yeah. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Yeah, yeah movies. Excited. It was like a proving ground for CGI. Like it was. Yeah, really they, the first. You know, it it's responsible go for the advancement of special effects in Hollywood because they had to create stuff to get it done. Yeah, yeah. you know, and they, they even made the Ford Explorer technology. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be really cool. I can't wait. Yeah. Good news is that won't be too hard to prep for since we've watched this movie probably collectively a thousand times. Yeah, I would say so. We kind of know it. We kind of know it. Yep. Yep. Um, the best part of that movie for me, and I'll spoil, I'll spoil it ahead of the episode, <laughs> it's literally just Jeff Goldblum laughing in the helicopter going, yeah. <laughs> like, what a fucking weirdo. It's so He's great. He's a treasure. He is a national treasure, that guy. He I get really to do is. another one of my impressions. Too, like, Hi, I'm Mr. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That's one of the ones um, I can do. Yeah. and And just really quickly, this could of all the Jurassic Park movies, this could actually be the actually only real good one because <laughs> the rest of them are not. Yeah, I mean, Jurassic um, World was good, but you know, I don't know. There are different levels, but you know, none of them even came close to this now, to now matching. We're, we're going to do all the Jurassic movies, aren't we? No, we're not. Eventually, are we? I don't. We do I don't all the Star so. Wars movies. We're, I'll be yeah, a but, retiree. I'll be living in the villages in Florida, Joe, by the time we get to that. Make it even better. Fuck. Right? I'll do the podcast from my golf cart. Hey, once we've done all <laughs> nine Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, we could do that. Which I added you guys. To the, I added them to the drive and then ta- and sent them to you guys today, by the way, all nine of them. Yeah, I saw. I saw. That's cool. Um, yeah. So that's it, boys and girls. That's it. That was it. We did the Patreons in the beginning, but let's give another thank you to them if you made all the way through. Right. You guys are yeah. awesome. Kick ass. MOTCU. Patreon.com backslash. Yeah, please please sign up. That would be wonderful. We'd, we'd appreciate it so much. We got a Facebook group. Yeah. We got we got cool stuff going on there. You get some swag, mm-hmm. some t-shirts from uh, Art... Or not Art... Um, what is it? Art of Eric Pabone.threadless.com? Yes. Beautiful. That's yeah. exactly right. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought it was, but then I started thinking I was wrong. But yeah, so get yourself a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. You can get Doug's face and wear it around, like I did. Exactly. Look, uh, I'm the eye candy. So by association, if we wear that shirt, you are then the eye candy. Yeah, we'll go mm-hmm. with that. Okay. I'm, my, I'm my just saying little... it made it made you look better being on my body. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my I don't I don't need any help. I'm I'm a confident guy when it comes to that. Dude, I know if, what if I have. If Eric to wore that shirt, he'd be fucking set. Yeah, I know, but I don't need help. I don't need help. I need help beating them off. Oh. Okay? I need help oh. keeping them away. I don't need help from anyone to gather them. That's true. All right. I only needed help beating them off when my hand was swollen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I spoke those words in my head, I'm going, how can I get out of this without falling into that joke? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I tried Impossible. to move on, but it didn't work. Yeah, how was anyway, Paul Rudd? You know, Ant Man. Why? Why you cut out? I said, "How was Paul Rudd?" You know, Ant Man. Because he bit your hand, and then you couldn't jerk off. <laughs> then he got big and punched you in the face. Right? Yeah, he basically Sam Wilson you. <laughs> Sam Wilson me. That's, I, I like how the new Captain America got defeated by Ant Man because he climbed inside of his yeah. back and just pulled a couple waters. Yeah, he kicked back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Thank you guys once again for joining us and uh, listening to this yeah. and uh, how you make it through these episodes. I don't know, but I know they're so long. I mean, the quality, the content's quality, but they're very long. Right. They are. Yeah. Well, people, you know, they can take us in doses. We must be soon doing something right. So that's right. So on that note, lights, camera, fuck off. Yeah.
Hey guys, are you a guitar player and you like custom stuff? Well, if you are, uh, you've come to the wrong place, honestly. Uh, no, I'm just playing. My name's Joe, and I run a, a little company called Like My Pedals. And I don't believe in websites because they're for suckers. So if you want to find me, you got to go to facebook.com backslash like my pedals and send me a message. You know, when you look at the shelf and you just say, they never have exactly what I want. Well, that's kind of where I come into play for you here. You want a picture of a little tiny Yoda eating a frog's eggs and ruining every hope of Star Wars ever making a good series? Come to me. I'll put it on a pedal. I may not like the show, but I'm definitely not against selling it. Um, if you want electrolytes, because that's what guitar players crave, well, I'll make you a custom idiocracy pedal. You know, it's whatever you want, really, with Like My Pedals, because you want people to look at your board and say, man, I like your pedals. <laughs>